back to the Home to Self podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you all. Today on the show, I have Lauren. She's at The Wellbeing on Instagram and Lauren is a feminine guide. In this conversation, we are diving deep into what it means to awaken the feminine, to really reconnect to our feminine essence and I just think that this is such an important conversation really for everyone, but especially for women who have felt disconnected from themselves, their intuition, their bodies, their power, their sexuality, who have felt like something is off and they don't quite understand what. Lauren is such embodiment of this work and in this conversation we dive deep into what it even means to be a feminine being. We talk about how to heal our relationships to our bodies. Lauren shares a lot about her own journey, moving away from the more masculine way of being that is go, 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 do more, be productive, show up the same way every day into this more feminine way of living and how that's been such a powerful transition for her. We talk about how to live in harmony with the cyclical nature of life itself and especially us as women and why that's so important. We talk about the power of seduction and then we dive into conscious relationships and how to heal the polarity between the feminine and the masculine. And Lauren shares a lot about her beautiful relationship with her partner, how to cultivate more more intimacy. I mean, there's so many juicy topics covered in this conversation and I have learned so much from Lauren already within just this podcast and everything that she shares on Instagram. So I'm really excited for you guys to dive in as well and yeah, I'll make sure to include all of her links below. So go check that out, go follow along. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to the Home to Self podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. We were in the same group program called Sacred Slut Unleashed with my beautiful friend, our beautiful friend Margot, a couple years ago, and that's how we connected for the first time, and that was such a beautiful journey, and I'm so glad that I you know, got connected to you through that because I've been following your journey on social media and just the work that you've been doing within the feminine awakening space and so much more that I just find so inspiring. I feel like you're such an embodiment of this work and I can just feel that without even having ever met you in person. I know that it's something that comes through so strongly through the internet and everything that you put out there. And so I'm just so excited to share your medicine with the world and with this audience um, because I know that so many of us are on this journey in our own ways. So first and foremost, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful that you can, yeah, just feel my essence through Instagram and I'm super honored to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. It is so, so felt. And so, you know, there's so many juicy topics that I want to get into and that we will get into throughout this conversation. Before that, I, I you know, want to state the obvious that it's very clear that we as a global uh, <laughs> population are going through a massive awakening of, you know, spiritual awakening, but also awakening of the feminine and coming back to this divine fem- feminine essence and what it means to be a woman and how we can really bring that back into the conversation to balance out you know, what has felt like a very unbalanced patriarchy that we've been living in. And so with that said, to kind of just set the foundation for people, how would you describe what it means to be a feminine being? Mm. (laughs) There's so much that I could say, but I think 
first and foremost. Like there's these different aspects of the feminine. There's so many facets of the feminine. And at least for me in my own personal journey, coming home to my body has been a huge aspect of coming home to my feminine because so many of us are living from our headspace, from our logical mind. And that is the essence of the masculine to be in the headspace, to constantly think that we just have to be thinking all the time in order to get what we want from life. But when we can really slow down and come home to our body, I find that that's when all of the other pieces of the feminine start to come alive. And so there's this aspect of sensuality that is really closely associated with the feminine that so many people mistake with sexuality, but sensuality Mm -hmm. just means being embodied in this body and seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting and being in our senses. And then once we access that, we can access more of our sexual energy. We can access our intuition because we think that our intuition is like up in the third eye in the energetic realms and it can be, but the medium through which we receive our intuition is through the body. And so, yeah, for me, it feels really important. It's like, if we're disconnected from the body, we're not going to be able to access any of these other parts of the feminine. So for me to be a feminine being, it means to deeply trust the wisdom that is here in my body, to follow the cycle of my womb, to feel my intuition, to feel my body's sacred yes, to feel my body's sacred no. And in that, there is sovereignty. And that is a word that's been landing so deeply for me recently in association with the feminine of when we are connected to these feminine qualities of our consciousness, we automatically tap into our sovereignty because now we're in our bodies, we're feeling ourselves, we're feeling what's ours, and we have the ability to direct our lives from that wisdom rather than externalizing it to everything around us of what should I be eating? What should I be doing? How should I be feeling? What's the morning practice I should be doing? And the feminine is really about like turning it inwards and coming back to yourself and then creating from that sovereign place. Wow. That's beautiful. What a powerful way to start the conversation. (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay. So with that said, I want to jump into a question that I was going to ask you a little bit later, but it seems to be wanting to come through now, which is, you know, the body being such a portal for us to access our divine feminine essence and everything that that entails, you know, I feel like there's such a disconnect to our physical bodies, especially as women. And that's something that's probably passed down generational. It's, you know, there's just such a, whether it's toxic or just a, just a numbing out of our own bodies. And so many women who have like, body image issues and struggles and they can't inhabit their bodies fully and they feel just so disconnected from it. How do we start to heal that relationship to our bodies so that we can access these deeper parts of our, our, of our femininity? Mm. So I think that understanding the root cause of why we are feeling this way in the first place allows so much room for possibility. So what I find working with women is that, you know, we're aware that we're feeling disconnected or disembodied, but Mm -hmm. our tendency is to blame ourselves and be like, 
why am I like this? Oh, I wish I wasn't like this. And we have to understand that the reason women collectively feel disembodied and, and disconnected from themselves is not by accident. We didn't just forget <laughs> and then operate through our lives. The attitudes that we've been taught to have around our bodies are actually so fucking incredibly intentional by the forces that rule this world that want to enslave and oppress humanity. And I think once we start to understand the history or rather the history of how women have become so disembodied, we no longer blame ourselves and we understand that this has been done to us and then we can start to come back to that. So I'll just go into it a little bit because this conversation fires me up so much. And I know that once I started digging into the suppression of the feminine energy, it was like, oh my gosh, like a, a huge part of my feminine awakening. And I feel that many of us are feeling this, but maybe we don't know the words to explain it. So humanity as a whole, not just women, used to live in deep, deep connection to their feminine energy, meaning that people were embodied and because they were embodied, they could feel the divine life force that was flowing through them. And then they saw, wow, okay, this divine life force is in my womb and the seasons of my womb this divine life force is also in nature and the seasons around me. And in that, holy shit, this divine life force is in every single one of us and we are connected to each other and we're all one with source. And again, a population who, that is connected to their feminine is a sovereign population. So when we can feel our intuitions, we can direct ourselves rather than externalize what we should be doing to a government. If we can see and feel that we are all one, then we can't be controlled. It's the oldest story in the book, divide and conquer. The way that you oppress a population is making everybody feel so hopelessly separate from each other that they start to go to war with one another. And so you have all of these aspects of the feminine that we used to be deeply connected to that we have been systematically disconnected from and women have specifically been targeted because i'm not going to say that we are more connected to the feminine because all beings have masculine and feminine energy but we are more sensitive to the feminine energy because our biology our womb our hormones are a literal physical representation of the feminine energy so now if you're these people who want to oppress by taking away the feminine energy, then women especially are going to be the target because women have direct access to that through their physiology. And so again, if we want to disconnect people, then you make women start to hate their bodies and you make women feel shameful about their bodies and you disconnect them from their sexual energy and from the sacred slut that's within them. I mean, that's the reason that we were drawn to that program in the first place is this reclamation of this energy that we've been taught is dirty. But it's not dirty. There's a reason we've been disconnected because our sexual energy is one of the most powerful forces that we have to be sovereign, to create anything that we want. And so I think once we start to understand that, oh, this isn't the truth and this is an illusion and a distortion that we've that's been put on our relationship to our body, then again, it's like we we start to not blame ourselves and judge ourselves of how did I get like this? Why am I like this? 
It's like, sister, this has been done to you. This has been done to all of us for a reason. And so just coming back home, like forgiving yourself because it was never your fault, I feel like is such a a huge part. Because then we start to, if we feel that we're wrong for being disembodied, then we're shaming ourselves for shaming ourselves for shaming ourselves for shaming ourselves. And it's like, how are we ever going to expand when all we're feeling is shame and judgment? That's such a contracting feeling. And so I think understanding like how the fuck we got here in the first place. And then in that, I always say the first step to coming home to your body is just slowing down. It's really that simple because when we slow down, we can start to listen. And so many of us are not listening. We're just doing and we're blindly going and we're just in this rat race that we've been taught that we need to be in, that there's all of these cues that our bodies are giving us that we're missing on a daily basis. Our bodies are speaking every moment and they're so incredibly wise. And so once we start to slow down, I mean, it's the oldest saying in the book, right? Stop and smell the roses. You can't be in your body and your sensuality. You can't see the beauty of what's going on unless you first slow down and take that space to just listen. Is my body saying yes in this moment? Is it saying no in this moment? What does that even mean? What does my body's yes and no even feel like? And then from there, just that slowness creates the space for the feminine to bloom. And that was my first invitation into my feminine energy, which is why I love to say slow down first, because I was a personal trainer, the most masculine woman (laughs) ever. And I filled my schedule with like hundreds of clients and I had no time for myself. And I went to Bali for my yoga teacher training. And because I didn't have the schedule of people and because I had 30 days of of doing yoga, tuning into myself, wow, the, the things that bubbled up when I stopped blindly doing, like that was the true first invitation into my feminine. And so this, this slowness, returning to the pace of nature, which is so much slower than we could possibly think, uh, is really the gateway to start connecting to your body. I love that. That has definitely been my journey as well. And even with healing my relationship to my body and my health, it's like the first step really is to just slow down and, you know, you can't reconnect when you're so distracted and and living from your mind and doing all the time. There is just no space for it. Mm -hmm. And also the quote that always comes to me is like, you can't heal a body that you hate. Right. And so adding more shame to it and saying it's your fault and like judging and criticizing, it's only adding more layers of, like you said, shame and guilt in that there's no room for healing. Healing has to happen when the body feels safe and can let go and can truly like come back to itself. And so such a beautiful and simple, but like it really is just a foundational piece to really slow down and and attune to your own body and what it's trying to tell you and your own intuition because there is no like masculine step one step two step three step four process for this because that's still happening from the head right it's like your unique body is so unique to you and finding it's discovering its own language I think is such a beautiful part of this journey and it 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 does take some time and some presence but that is that is the journey and that is really beautiful Mm. so you spoke a little bit about your story. And I want, I'd love for you to dive a little bit deeper into that. You know, how did you go from being this personal trainer, very much in her masculine, like doing all the time to the Lauren that you are today? Like, you know, Bali seems to have been a huge catalyst for that. But tell us a little bit more. 
Yeah, so I think that this is so valuable to share because maybe women listening to this are like, wow, that's me, that's me right now. I feel that so deeply. So I like to call it the modern woman. That's like the archetype that I call it. (laughs) And, oh, there's so many, so many aspects. Let me see what I want to go into first. Mm -hmm. So I'd actually like to go into my upbringing because understanding my upbringing really allows me to see the way that this super masculine warrior woman was formed. And so I had been groomed from birth to be a super high achiever. I was praised for a job well done, given love when I did things right, showered with love when I came home with really high grades, and then actually punished or ignored or love was taken away from me when I didn't do things right or I didn't perform well. And so I learned from a really early age that my worthiness of love was rooted in how well I performed and how much I did. There wasn't this, Lauren, you are worthy of love inherently. I love you because you're alive. I love you because you're my daughter. I love you because you're here. It was like you do this thing and then you receive this reward, which is love. And so, of course, that groomed me to think that in order to prove myself, I just needed to keep performing and doing and achieving and really being perfect. Because when I tell you, like, I might have been the extreme, but if I came home with a 95, it was like, why didn't you get 100? And so there's this very like perfectionist attitude, because that's the way that my mom treated herself. And so it's just a continuation of the cycle, you know? And so in that, I was completely disconnected from my body because I was looking outside of myself constantly for like the confirmation or the affirmation that I'm I'm doing things right, right? It wasn't an internal self-sourced knowing. It was somebody's going to give me the reward outside of myself. And so that kind of breeded the total disconnection from my body because I didn't think that yeah, the wisdom was here. It was always outside of myself. And so completely disconnected from my body and intellectualizing everything. Like the relationship that I had to my emotions is so very different where an emotion would come into my space and I would judge it My masculine would come in, my mind would come in, cut it off from my heart space, from my body and say, is this a right emotion to feel or a wrong emotion to feel? Because again, it goes back to my upbringing. I was praised for feeling certain ways. And when I was emotional or grieving or angry, I was punished for that. And so I learned there is a right and a wrong way to feel. And I feel like that judgment of right and wrong is such a masculine quality to put on everything. And so an emotion would come into my space And then I would judge it as either right or wrong. And if it was right, I would allow myself to feel it, maybe, not even to the fullest extent. But if it was wrong, I would just completely cut it off. And so my body was like so rigid, so tight. I say I was an embodiment of the line, right? I was like a literal embodiment of the masculine energy where I was so rigid because I was holding everything in. I was so contracted because there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. And so 
when there's a right and a wrong way to do everything, you're setting yourself up for conditional love towards yourself and you're setting yourself up to judge and shame yourself. And so of course I'm tightening my butthole, tightening my yoni, squeezing my womb because I'm afraid of getting it wrong because there's so much to lose if I get it wrong. I'm losing love if I get it wrong. And so this constant thought of like, what is right? What is wrong? And also in that, just a total hatred for my body. I experienced disordered eating from the time that I was literally 10 years old to 22 years old, where that idea of right and wrong, of course, was also applied to what I was eating, where if I ate well, and it was in alignment with my idea of what was good, then I would give myself love, right? That attitude of conditional love that other people gave me was then internalized towards myself of, oh my God, I ate a cookie. Oh, I I strayed from my really fucking rigid, strict rules of what I should be eating. Now I'm going to punish myself by restricting my food or by not eating the next day. And so this hatred towards my body was like a huge part of my life as well. And actually Bali was such a struggle for me because I couldn't work out in the 30 days that I went to the yoga teacher training. Like when I tell you I was doing bodybuilding (laughs) every single day for like an hour and a half and then doing power yoga on top of that, because again, I didn't feel inherently worthy. When you don't feel inherently worthy, then you waste so much energy trying to be worthy and prove yourself and being in the perfect form and having the perfect tight, flat stomach and having, you know, uh, toned arms was like how I was measuring my worthiness. And so this very like just this mental rigidity, this cognitive rigidity where I didn't allow myself to like be in gray areas or be even a human being. It was like I was holding myself to the strictest standards on every single level. And only when I met every single thing on that checklist would I maybe love myself. It wasn't this inherent I love myself again because I'm here and I'm alive. It was I have a list of things I need to do and accomplish in order to be worthy of my own love. And so, of course, I externalized that to my partners as well. Like I demanded perfection from everybody else around me because that's what I was demanding of myself. So again, this aspect of of rigidity. And once I was in Bali and I slowed down, I realized how much my inner child needed my love. Like I will never forget. It was the first time I've ever done an inner child meditation. And they were like, call out to your inner child. And she was like, screaming at the top of her lungs. I was actually so shook by the image that I received once I closed my eyes and called her in. I was like, what the fuck does this mean? Now, obviously I know that like, she she needed my love. She needed me to be the mother, the soft, tender, nurturing, compassionate mother that I never received. Like I love my mom, but she is so in her masculine. She's the epitome of the warrior woman. And so as I look back, There's nothing that I can say that I did, as you said before, right? It's not a list of things. We don't achieve our way to our feminine energy. It's not step one, step two, step three, but this overarching theme of love, of just coming back to my heart and loving myself through my process. As I unlearned all of the things, 
loving myself, loving myself, loving myself, because in that love, there is a softening that happens. And that for me is the essence of the feminine, right? Just this, this softness, love is opening where judgment is contracting, right? And so this love, this aspect, this self-love journey, I feel is the most significant part of coming home to my feminine, because that's what we've been taught. We have to uh, work for and prove and externalize is this love, but coming home to Nobody can give me love, nobody, and therefore nobody can take it away from me. I am the only one who can access that infinite love within myself. And so in that, when you are rooted in love, there's this unfolding, like a flower that happens. I truly see the feminine journey as like the unfolding of a rose. She takes her time. She's in no rush, and it's one petal at a time. Oh, another layer that I don't love myself. Oh, another layer that I'm judging myself until you come back to the center, which you find is is a love that has never left you, but you've been convinced is outside of you. And so this, yeah, love feels really, really important for me in, in opening up to my feminine. I love that analogy of the rose and also this really underlying theme of love being at the foundation of everything. I really think that that's such a beautiful way to put it all because yeah, I feel like the the way that I have understood love lately is all encompassing, you know, it like, it makes space for all of it, for the darkness and the light, for all the little parts that we have deemed unlovable. It's like love, the actual energy of love just is like is holding space for all of it. And I think a really powerful way that has helped me to dive deeper into love, because sometimes it's hard to make the jump from like, you know, self-hatred, maybe like something really extreme all the way to like self-love, like that can feel really, really foreign. But one way that has really helped me to dive deeper into that is just to invite in more curiosity, Mm. like genuinely just like wanting to understand yourself and your body and like these different patterns that you have learned to judge as bad or wrong, but like just without that conversation of bad or wrong, just inviting in curiosity so that you can access love for that, I think is a really, yeah, it bridges the gap a little bit in my opinion. I love that. And I think it's such an important part because there's actually a post that keeps wanting to come through. And I feel like this is such confirmation that I just need to post it. But as I said, I I hated my body for a majority of my life. And it wasn't just, okay, now I love my body. It's like, first of all, I had to accept that I hate my body. Mm. (laughs) Like I had to bring awareness and acceptance to the fact that this is where I'm at. I'm not going to force myself to be in a place that I'm not, but I am accepting that I do not love my body. And then Mm. in that, can I come back to neutrality? with my body because our bodies are fucking neutral, right? Like they're not charged as positive or negative. It's our mind that charges everything as either positive or negative. So instead of expecting yourself to go from a negatively charged body to, oh my God, I completely love myself. Like, can I just get back to fucking neutral? Can Mm. I just see that my body's just a body and that the only reason I feel this way is because I've charged my breasts and my stomach and all these other parts of me with that negativity with with my thoughts. So the, the acceptance first before the love, okay, accept I'm here on my journey and that's okay. And I'm going to let myself take my time and slow down and unfold at my own pace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Just getting back to a place of like neutral, you know, and then from there we can work our way up. But like, just, just 
you're really, it's this, like you're stopping the resistance, the fighting of what is, and you're just coming to terms with like, what am I working with first and foremost? Like, I don't have to like it. I don't have to stay here, but like, let's just lay it out on the table so we can actually look at it. And then we can start to rearrange the way that it feels good. So that is really, really powerful. Do you have any other practices that you would like to share for like this reconnection process. I know you mentioned dance a lot and you're an incredible dancer. I just need to say I'm like <laughs> in trance when I watch you dance. Um, but yeah, what are some of the practices that you really believe in for for us to, you know, once we've slowed down, once we've reached acceptance and we're kind of on this upward journey of recreating a more positive relationship with ourselves, what are some practices that can be helpful for that? So for me, the somatic work and embodiment work has been absolutely invaluable. If our portal to our feminine is the body, then how can we create space to listen to what our body is saying on a daily basis and not only listen, but express what our body wants to express? Because we're told that we need to hold everything in and contain our expression because we think there's a right and a wrong way to do it all. And so the practices that have been so amazing for me is like five minutes in the morning, one hand on the heart, one hand on my belly. What am I feeling today? What is actually true for me in this moment? And so I can drop into what I'm actually feeling because so many times subconsciously I was just overriding what I was feeling and not taking that space to check in with myself. So the check-in is so essential. What am I feeling today? What is present? And what energies want to be expressed through me? So I'll, I'll give you a practical example of this. I'm going through like a launching process right now for my membership, which always brings up so, so much all the time. And, you know, yesterday I was sitting in my morning practice doing the thing I do every single day, what is real and true and present for me today? Because I also know I'm a cyclical being and how I felt last week or even yesterday is gonna be completely different from my truth today, right? Not expecting myself to show up the same way every day mm -hmm. is key, but really checking in with myself, okay, what is present? And I realized that I was feeling, it's like I'm, I'm writing in my journal, right? I trust, I trust, I trust. But my body is telling a completely different story because my heart is fucking contracted and my shoulders are up here and I'm squeezing my butthole and I'm hardening my wound. Like, so I can say the all the affirmations that I want, but the real alchemy, the real creation happens when we can move energy inside of the body. And so what did that look like for me? First of all, it looked like allowing myself to feel the distrust before I'm like, let me embody and feel trust. Let me actually embody what the fuck my distrust feels like. Mm. Let me get super contracted. Let me feel that smallness in my heart. Let me get smaller and just be in the distrust so that anytime that comes up for me for the rest of the day or, or whenever, I now have a somatic awareness inside of my body. Okay, my heart's doing that thing. I'm not trusting right now. Okay, mm -hmm. now I'm bringing awareness to that and I'm giving it permission to be felt in allowing myself to embody it. Because if I didn't allow myself to embody it, then again, I'm just mentally processing my emotions. I'm like, okay, I don't trust. Okay, great, what do I do with that? Let me move that through my body. And then in that, the alchemy already starts to happen when you just accept this is how I'm feeling. And this is what's present, letting yourself embody that. 
but then writing a new story inside of my body, letting my body be a representation of the affirmations that I'm writing in my journal. So I opened my legs and I opened my heart and I put my throat back and I'm like showing the universe I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to expand, I'm ready to open, like bring it in. And as I'm breathing, I'm breathing in like the vision that I want inside of my body. And like, this has just been the most amazing process for me. Because again, if we're not involving the body in in our experiences, then everything is just a mental process. And so this somatic component of just checking in and giving myself full permission to embody and embrace what's real, has been so amazing singing shouting screaming whatever i have to do without saying like oh this looks stupid right now feelings don't make sense right it's like just giving yourself permission to embody it is such a beautiful way to start to come home to the intelligence of your body Hmm. i love that i resonate so deeply and i know so many other women will too Cause this is just such a classic example of how even in the self-help space, you know, like we've been given, given so many tools in regards to the mind. And I, I love subconscious work. I love understanding the mind, but it's so true. And I can, I can see for myself, even as you were speaking, I'm like, there are so many moments when I do that too, when I'm journaling and I'm talking, it's like, I'm trying to talk myself into the feeling that I want to feel, but I'm not actually allowing myself to go into it. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that is so powerful. And yeah, it, 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 you know, it is going to be uncomfortable at first, you know, and, and maybe every time after, but at the same time, I can just, even through just explaining it, I can feel the freeness, the liberation, the space that probably comes on the other side of just fully allowing yourself to feel something. And again, this is coming back to the topic of love too, because it, this is communicating to the body that all your feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. And that that they're allowed to be there, right? It's like if we just bypass them and try to think our way out of them, what we're indirectly saying is like, no, this feeling's not good. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't want to feel it. <laughs> so like yes. we get so tri- it gets so tricky and sneaky. Exactly. So <laughs> these embodiment practices, and then also in what you mentioned, like dance is an ama- that is an embodiment practice that I embrace on a daily basis. Just like mm-hmm. if if I'm rigid or tight or holding things in, the most amazing thing I can do is put on my Afro beats in the morning and shake my ass. And it doesn't have to be this this long ceremony, right? To, to make a shift in our bodies. It's just letting our bodies know, hey, you're free to like release. It's okay, let's shake it out, you know? And, and the shift that happens in that, like anything that involves the body in your process is really gonna allow you to tap into this feminine wisdom and this expansion that's here for you. So somatic work is like, that is my main, main focus right now because it is so, so liberating. Like you said, while the mindset work, it, our body and our mind and our spirit have to work together. So mm-hmm. if we're only focusing on mindset stuff, that's only one piece of the puzzle. How can we get our bodies on the same page as our mind as the same page as our spirit? That's when we're moving in wholeness. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just fragmented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This idea of feeling whole is really a... a it's coming into harmony with all, all these parts of us and making sure that they are working in unison, which is, which is so powerful, but especially for the feminine and and getting back into that energy and reconnecting to that. I mean, the body is as, as we've talked about this whole conversation, the access point for that. So I really, really love that. I want to talk a little bit about the cyclical nature of being a woman and really, I mean, a human as well. There, 
I know you just you just had your uh, workshop that you put out all about this, which is so powerful. And you talk a lot about this on your Instagram too. Um, there is a documentary. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it reminded me of this and it's called Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds. Have you ever heard of it? No. I feel like you would love it because it talks about this like so much about like how our inner worlds of like being a human are so connected to like nature and like the worlds out there. And they're just, it's all so similar, but anyway, just, just random. But the, the idea of cyclical living in regards to being a woman, you know, this applies first and foremost to our cycles, which again is something we're unfortunately just not taught, which is such a disservice. Um, and I, I would love for you just to break it down a little bit more and talk about how, how we can understand it first and then harness our power by actually living in harmony with our, our cycles and the cycles of nature. Absolutely. So the way that society encourages everybody, but especially women, to show up is in this very linear paradigm of you're going to work every day, all day. You better be showing up in the same energy every day. If you don't, then something's wrong with you. And so we're pressuring ourselves to show up as what I call the line. And the feminine energy, not only in our bodies, but everywhere, is deeply connected to cycles. The cycles of the earth, right? Mama Earth. Why do we call her Mother Earth? Because she is a cyclical feminine being. Why do we call it La Luna, the, the moon, La feminine? Because she goes through her phases and her cycles. And so I always say that our cycles, the cycles within us and the cycles around us are literally our umbilical cord to the feminine. It's like, if we don't know how to start connecting beyond just the body, how can I start to embrace that I am a cyclical being? Because with this idea that we have to show up in the same way every day, in favor of productivity, that's really the reason that we're told to show up in the same way so that we can produce the most. There is an energy of colonization in that because we've done that to the entire earth. And so decolonizing your body and your life is coming home to the natural world. And everything in the natural world is cyclical. This is what my whole workshop was about of showing from the tiniest level of being, our atoms, right? They're, the electrons and protons are, are spiraling, are cycling around the nucleus all the way to the Milky Way galaxy that is also spiraling and cycling in this beautiful spiral-like way. So if we just take a look at the natural world on every level of being from the microcosm to the macrocosm, we can see that life is cyclical, that it operates off of a spiral-like paradigm. And so... My cycle has been such a profound way for me to leave what I call like the matrix, the linear paradigm, the colonization, whatever you want to call it, to come back to this reality that I change every single day. And it put me into direct relationship with all of the flavors of my feminine. It put me in direct relationship with the light goddess and with the dark goddess, with the Lakshmi and Saraswati and the fucking Kalima and Persephone. That's like, I'm gonna rip shit apart and destroy, right? And in that, like you start to learn 
all of these different manifestations of the feminine that are within you because our biology, our hormones are literally inviting us into the different feminine archetypes. Like mm-hmm. biologically, we're being invited into these different energies. Different parts of our brains are lighting up. Different parts of our body are being called online as we move through our hormonal rhythm. And so I just started connecting to my cycle simply because I had the worst period cramps ever. Like I was debilitated. And that was a result of me completely ignoring my feminine essence because our hormones are a physical representation of this feminine energy, right? It's like when we say feminine energy, sometimes that can feel a little elusive or like, what the fuck does that actually mean? But biologically, our hormones are the bodily representation of our feminine energy. So if anything's going on with your hormones, like it's definitely a call to heal your relationship in some way to your feminine essence. And again, I, w- I was just tapping into it because I had the worst cramps ever. I wasn't like, oh, I want to I want to connect to the cycles of life and the feminine. But in that, <laughs> the body, again, is always the portal to everything else. And through connecting to my hormones, accepting that I was a cyclical being, accepting and seeing that the four seasons of Mother Nature are held within my womb and that I cycle through those every single month really, really allowed me to anchor in more deeply to my feminine essence. And then of course, in that, once I was connected to the cycles of of my body, it was like, whoa, okay, now I see that the earth is also cycling alongside of me and the moon and the cosmos are also cycling alongside of me. So now I'm in this cyclical relationship and harmony with the entire natural world. And that is fucking alignment. Because when we're moving out of harmony with all of these cycles, we're swimming upstream. We're dancing off beat and it feels so awkward. It feels so weird. Can you imagine me putting on a song right now and you having to dance off beat? It's like you actually have to put so much more effort to not dance on beat. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're all dancing off beat and we're told to think that that's fucking normal. There is this natural cyclical rhythm that's unfolding inside of our bodies and all around us. And the moment we can come back to that, we come in alignment with the truth of what is and flow with everything that is that's that's powerful when we can create with the cycles of our body and all around us it's like we have the blueprint for creation inside and all around us why are we not following that and so the Mm -hmm. cycle is this beautiful beautiful portal through your body to connect to the feminine that exists within and all around you and yeah this is what humanity is missing it's not just women right like humanity used to live in deep, deep harmony with the seasons. When it was winter, people were inside of their homes because it was fucking snowing and the crops weren't growing and they were drinking hot chocolate with their families by the fire. But instead we're putting on our snowsuits and our boots and we're getting on the subway and we're getting on the train and we're expecting ourselves to show up in the same way every day. It's like the cycle is the antidote to this hustle culture that we have inside of our nervous systems. It literally rewired my nervous system to operate in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is It is so powerful. And I feel too that it, it gives you back so much of your power because as we were talking about before with there being so much self-hatred and self-criticism and self-judgment for not fully being able to operate, you know, on a 24 hour cycle like men can and it's being expected to and trying so hard. And then when that doesn't work all the time, when one day you feel like 
you just don't have the energy for it. And another day you do, and you start getting down on yourself. Like I must be the problem. Right. And so I, what it did for me to just even understand the basics of my cyclical patterns in my cycle was invite in so much more compassion and understanding to actually honor how I feel and know that it is exactly the way it's supposed to. And that accessing it, you can actually get, you can be more productive when you are in the, you know, in the right phase of your cycle. And there's so much more to be, to be, yeah, explored there when you actually give yourself permission to, to operate in the way that your body wants to. Yes. And something else that I wanted to share that I, I really feel a lot of people will resonate with, especially when they first start this journey of coming home to their cycle It's like, I approached cycle syncing with the most masculine mindset ever. It was like, okay, what am I supposed to be eating during each phase of my cycle? How am I supposed to be working out? What should I be doing? It was like, I was looking outside of myself still instead of, okay, what is the genuine experience of my luteal phase? How do I actually feel? What is my body actually craving? What type of movement would feel really nourishing for me? It was like, I was still looking for a list of guidelines of things to follow. And we're so used to doing that, right? We're so used to everybody else having the answers outside of us that even when we learn about our cycle, it can be like another diet to follow or another like regimen outside of ourselves to follow, which is why I literally never post, you should be eating this in your menstrual phase. Like there are certain dietary tips that can totally be helpful, but I'm never going to tell a person like, this is what you should be eating, right? It's like all women are going through the archetypal cycle, but we are still bio-individuals, meaning Mm -hmm. our luteal phase is going to express through us differently or every single phase is going to feel different. And that's where the true feminine awakening and coming home comes to when you finally stop looking outside of yourself for what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. And you tell your body, I trust you. I trust whatever you need. I'm going to follow that even if it doesn't make sense to my mind. Right. It's just like the, the actual feminine softening and surrender into a cyclical life versus the controlled cyclical life of like trying to control your cycle so that you can fix yourself or you can get a certain outcome, right? It's two completely different energies to approach that with. I am just that. Yes. I'm like (laughs) that literally. I mean, I must admit that still is me at times, you know, (laughs) and it's been such a journey, but it's so interesting because it is such a conditioned way of viewing yourself, your healing journey, life, whatever. Because even though in one area it clicks, like for me, this conversation can be directly applied to my my physical health journey. Like that's how I got into all this, which a lot of us do. Um, and I was doing all the right things on paper for years, like literally reading all the books. I mean... I just did absolutely everything I could and my body was just getting worse and worse and worse and I felt like shit. And then finally it clicked for me that I needed to just like stop. I paused. I slowed down first and foremost. I stopped consuming so much information and listening to what I should do. And instead I started to connect to like what I actually, what my body was actually asking for. And that was like the catalyst for my healing to begin And so I love to talk about that. And yet, as you're saying this, I'm like, 
oh shit, that's definitely how I approached my cycle at the beginning of reading all these books about like, and like printing out these lists of what you should eat and each day of your cycle, putting it on the fridge and being like, okay, now I got to follow this to a fucking T. And it's like, yeah, talk about a disconnect from the body. It's like she... She is not this like rigid process and machine. Like, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yes. And she's changing not only every day because of your cycle, but like every cycle is also different because we are multidimensional mm. beings. Like everything is impacting our cycle. So we can get hard on ourselves. And I certainly have gotten hard on myself of like, okay my bleed wasn't as great as last time. What did I do wrong? Right. And making everything right or wrong. It's just, this is where we're at. I'm showing up as best as I possibly can. And can that be enough? Again, it's like, it's the perfectionist mindset coming through of like, I need a pain-free period, cherry red blood every single time, instead of admitting, Hey, I am a human being. And there's different factors of my life that are coming in each cycle. And like, it's beautiful because I'm listening and I'm showing up for myself. And that's, that's all we can ask of ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That invites in there's so much more compassion and freedom too to understand that like you we're always doing the best that we can and our bodies are always changing and evolving and it's just it's not meant to be this cookie cutter process, you know? Exactly. And so that is I'm so glad that you that you shared that. It's so powerful and I feel like it will be for the women listening as well. Pivoting a little bit, I want to talk about a topic that yeah. <laughs> How do I even go there? So the, the topic, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to put a context to it, but this topic of seduction, you know, that as women, I really believe, I mean, besides just our sexual power, I mean, the two are so connected, but like our power of, of seduction, of being able to seduce, not just other people, but also like the things that we want to manifest in our lives. Like, I feel like that is so much of our power. I know it is. And yet it has been so just viewed as like dirty and wrong and manipulative and yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know you've talked about this before. And so I wanted to ask you kind of to, to dive a little bit deeper into like how you view seduction and how we can actually use this power in a way that is in integrity, um, Mm. but allows us to connect to that, that power that is inherently ours, you know, it's a gift that's been given to us, I believe. Such a beautiful question. Thank you so much for asking this. I love this topic so much. We truly step into our feminine power when we realize that we don't have to do to make everything happen. The forces that want to control and oppress humanity want us to be in this illusion that the only way that we can get what we want from life is to go out and chase it and grab it by the balls and have this very spermy energy of like, okay, I want it. I'm going to, I'm going to go get it. And that's beautiful. Sometimes, sometimes we do have to take that action and there are tangible things we need to do to create the reality that we want. It's not to say that that's not true. But when we think that that's the only way that we can create a reality that we want, then we're seriously missing out on a whole other aspect of our power. And I think that the sperm and the egg are such a beautiful representation of this. Because again, the sperm goes out and chases, but there's a time and a place for that. But the egg's power is she's sitting in her little ovary throne and she's like, come to me. (laughs) And 
Guess what? The sperm comes to her. And it's actually a myth that the fastest sperm gets to the egg is the one that's chosen. Do you know that the egg actually chooses the sperm that she wants? What? I did not Isn't know that. Isn't that so insane? It's like this, this idea, even in what we're taught about biology, to make us think that the faster we get there, we're going to be the winners, right? That is not the fucking case. The egg, again, is just like, I know that everything that I want that's going to come to me is going to come to me. And when everything comes to me, I get to choose which one I want because, you know, so many people want me. It's like this amazing, yeah. completely different energetic to tap into. And again, when we when we tap into the power that, oh, my gosh, I can make things happen with my intention. Whoa, I can save so much energy like Everything can come to me without me having to put so much physical effort into it. And so, of course, the people who want to oppress and enslave humanity don't want us connected to that power because we become so powerful when we realize, wow, my thoughts, my feelings, my intentions, my relationship with the unseen and the energetic world that's so powerful. We don't have to do anything to make things happen. And so, of course, you know, the egg, she's in her power of seduction. She's waiting for things to come to her rather than chasing it. And so, of course, we've been taught that that inherent power that we have as women, especially when we ovulate, right? I, we're always magnetic. We're always radiant as women. But there's this link between sexual energy and seduction that when we are actually ovulating, that is when we are the most ripe with the possibility of life. We are the most full of life force that we will be all cycle. Our seduction is at an all time high, just like when we menstruate, our intuition is at an all time high. So this mm -hmm. power of seduction is really amplified when we ovulate and we can use this sexual energy that we have to simply literally call in whatever we want. And that has been distorted into you know, th this archetype of the temptress, right? That, oh, she's going to seduce you into harm. She's going to mm. seduce you into deception versus she's seducing you because she has so much to give. She's not trying to take from you. She's seducing because she has so much to give. And the example of of a flower is so beautiful uh, to really tap into what I'm talking about. Does a flower seduce the bees and the butterflies because she's trying to trap and kill them? No, because she has so much fucking nectar to give to the bees and the butterflies. And she's using her power, her life force of beauty and seduction to actually contribute to the greater good and the greater harmony. And that is what we can use our seduction for. But of course, if we think that our seduction is dirty or bad or wrong, then we're definitely not going to tap into that superpower. But that superpower is so that we can serve humanity, right? That superpower is so that we can give to other people. When I seduce people to my Instagram page, when I seduce people into my programs, it is because I have so much wisdom and knowledge and transformation to, to give to them. It's, it's not because I want to take from them. And so, yeah, this power of seduction is knowing and trusting in your magnetism, knowing that all I have to do is become the vibrational match for what I am calling in and use that force field of life force energy that's naturally around me to just simply call that in. And that is, it's a whole other level of power to be like, wow, 
I just made all of that happen and I didn't even have to leave my fucking bed. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Spiral seduction is like an amazing part of the feminine energy to manipulate the material world with the unseen. And that is just incredibly powerful. And of course, something that yeah, they don't want us to to realize and to mm-hmm. to fully embody. And so we have all these ideas about what seduction means so that we're purposely discouraged from embracing this power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you learn that like your desires are wrong and that you are bad for pursuing them. And, you know, I feel like I feel like seduction and this whole conversation can it can come down to like being in an integrity and not in an integrity because like it can come from a, an egoic place of like, you know, where you feel like it's not like you're trying to validate your worth or you're trying to prove yourself or something like that, where you're just using it and in a way that doesn't actually feel like for the greater good of all, as you ex- expressed. And then, but I feel like the more that we do this work and we come home to our bodies and our pleasure and our desire and our feelings, it's like, the body tells you what to move towards, what to call in, what to like magnetize towards you. And so I think it is a really, you know, like there's an intelligence at play here that is beyond our logical mind. And so really you're trusting that and that it is like, if it's a, if it's good for me in that sense, that's in, it, it is an integrity, then it will be good for all. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's such a powerful force you can feel. Absolutely. And just to speak on the integrity piece, the seduction is also coming when, again, we become the vibrational match for what we desire. And so if somebody's trying to attract a lover from a very empty hearted place of like, I need this person in order to feel worthy, then all they're ever going to be seducing towards them are things that are also resonating on that frequency of lack. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. if we really want to tap into the power of seduction that we have to have amazing experiences that requires us to be in full integrity using that power of seduction so that we're attracting higher vibrational experiences and people instead of just seducing more lack towards us because we're not aware that we're coming from that place. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for clarifying that too. It makes, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. We're always kind of attracting based on like the frequency that we're in, you know? And so Yeah, but that's such an interesting conversation and like just remembering because for me, like growing up in Costa Rica, I was very much like, you know, in in my body, I was, you know, you know, in small bikinis, I was going out, I was enjoying myself, I was in my like sexuality in many ways, it was just like more accepted than it is here growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, it did, I did get conditioned to think that like seduction is wrong and bad and dirty. And I totally suppressed that. And I can see how like my sexual energy and like my power as a woman also went down with that. And so now it's like integrating it back in, in a way that just feels really powerful and clean, um, is, is a beautiful journey. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and in claiming your seduction is also this claiming of I am worthy of what I desire because when we shut, when we shut that off, it's like, okay, the things that I want, I need to either go chase it or work really hard for it. And that's a really harmful paradigm to live by. Cause you, again, you'll just be wasting so much fucking energy. So the, the yeah. reclamation of seduction is like, I am worthy of my desires and I'm going to sit here in my worthiness and allow that worthiness to, you know, bring all that I want to me. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, I have one more topic that I want to dive into before we start to wrap things up, and that is the topic of relationships, conscious Mm -hmm. relationships especially. Um, I feel like your relationship has been such a testament to the work that you've done. And it, it seems from the outside looking in like a really powerful container for your feminine to fully express, which I know is something that so many people desire and yet struggle to, you know, to, to find someone and to be in that like sacred union that really allows for that. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your partnership and especially like in this conversation of the feminine and her fullest expression and her cyclical nature, like what are some of the most important pieces in that relationship dynamic that has allowed for these parts of your feminine to really shine and be held? Mm, Absolutely. I love, love the topic of, of sacred union because I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And I've been in many relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. And it makes me realize, it gives me more context of what I was really desiring in those other relationships when I couldn't quite name it when I was inside of it. I'm like, I don't understand. We started out so good and now we're not. What, What is it, right? And That's why I like to talk about polarity, because I really feel that polarity is such a foundation for having a sacred union. So, for example, both of the men that I dated before my partner, Ryan, were not in the fullest integrity in their masculine energy. And now I understand that I attracted men who were not in integrity in their masculine energy because I was so in my fucking masculine energy. And so it's like the law of polarity, right? If I'm resonating in the masculine frequency and holding that down, then I'm not going to attract a man who's also in his masculine energy. I'm going to attract the opposite pole. I'm going to attract a man who's actually leaning more towards his feminine energy. So what did that look like practically in the relationship? In both of those relationships, I was the leader. I was the director of where the relationship was going. I was like planning the dates and and planning the travel that we were going to do and taking charge in that way, being the asserter, being the initiator. And if you asked me while I was in those relationships, I probably would have said, this is just who I am. I love to do this, but that's not who I truly am. I've realized that I am such a soft, mushy, ushy girl. And I did not let myself tap into that because my partners were the total opposite. So I had to fill in for where their masculine was lacking. And so not only was I directing the relationship, but also I attracted men who were very like, didn't have a lot of direction in their life. It was like, oh, I'm doing this one day. I'm doing this the next day. It's like, I had so much ambition. I had so much clarity about my mission always, even though my mission has shifted. Like I've always been very much in my dharma, in my purpose, which is a masculine quality. And so I attracted these men who were very out of their purpose. And Mm -hmm. what me and my partner say to each other now, or what he says to me, he says, as I harden, you soften. And that's, it's this energetic game that's going on of, it's not, um, it's not mentally, okay, we're playing our feminine and our masculine. It's something that's felt. I 
feel his embodiment and his full integrity in his masculine. He is so unbelievably connected to his purpose and his dharma and his mission. He loves to initiate, loves to plan, loves to ask me questions and give me choices of, do you want to do this or this so that I can Mm -hmm. just choose as the feminine? But he has done so much work to embody his true king and his true divine masculine that when I am around him, that embodiment just makes me like melt. I just picture it like the pillar and then the snake wrapping around the Mm -hmm. pillar. Like the more that he embodies the pillar, the more I am able to embody the snake. And actually he's not here right now. He's in Hawaii and we live together. And for the past like week and a half, I've felt this harder essence that I've had to put on just because he's not around. And like his, his embodiment is just a permission for me to surrender, to soften Mm. and to relax. And so again, our, our feminine and our masculine are not these, we're not role playing, right? I feel like some people who talk about polarity are like, you have to play your masculine and play your feminine. No, this is the truth of who I am. I am a feminine being at my core and his embodiment of his truth as a masculine being allows both of us to be in our truth. And because we are in our truth, that allows for the true play of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, which is one of the most powerful unions that could possibly happen. And there's a reason that men and women have been turned against each other, because when men and women come together in right relationship of divine masculine and divine feminine, that's fucking paradigm shattering. But all of us, you know, so many of us are in these distortions of what a relationship is or this ego based uh, yeah, relationship or coming from our wounding and our trauma versus coming from embodying the deepest truth of who we are and then being able to really create something from that place. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful and it's so felt. And I really believe that like it takes doing the work on both ends to kind of to come together and it can happen together. Like for me, my partnership, I mean, I've been married for six years and we were not these people at all when we met, but we've gone through this journey together and there's been phases where he's been more in his feminine. I've been more in my masculine. And then we, you know, now we're like, now that we understand this more and we're in this phase, it's like, we have really, really done the work to be able to hold the container uh, for him to hold the container and for me to soften. Um, But I think such an important topic here that's coming through as you share this too, is like the topic of safety, Mm -hmm. right? For the feminine to soften. It's like, I, yeah, for so long, I was so stuck in in survival that I just did not feel safe enough. And I didn't have that language to put to it. But now I understand it to actually let go and and give up control, because that's all I ever witnessed. And I was so afraid to let that down. And so he couldn't step up either. And so it's it's been a really interesting uh, dance. But yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about safety in regards to containerships like relationships like this? Thank you so much for bringing this up because this really is the foundation of feminine softening. And it's actually even reflected inside of our energy body. There's a reason that the root chakra comes before the sacral chakra. Before we can Mm. feel and create, we have to have a foundation. Without that, we can't possibly climb the ladder of our energy body. And this is also true for relationship. So as I was saying with my past partners, the reason that I didn't feel safe in those relationships And when we talk about safety, like a lot of us think about the really 
obvious things, the really big things of like, you know, he's not violating me or he's respectful of me. But just because he's not violating you and respecting you doesn't actually mean that he's a safe man. There are so many nuances to what safety actually means. And for me, I had partners who were incredibly out of integrity. Their word meant fucking nothing. And that did not create safety in me. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll pick you up at seven, nine o'clock. Still no word from them. Every single time that you say you're going to do something, you say you're going to show up, you say that we're going to experience something together, and then you don't follow through on your word, that is eroding my trust. And I don't feel safe because it's like, okay, you're telling me this thing, but I know you're not going to follow through. And so now I have to harden and step up into my masculine and make things happen because I know that you're not going to be the one to do it. And so I know through Ryan's integrity, he says something, he fucking does it. There is so much softening that happens in that because I can trust his word. It's like, okay, amazing. You say you're going to do it, you do it. And now I can just surrender, right? This feminine surrender of like, take the lead. And there's so much power in that. If you told me to surrender and let go in those past relationships, I would have viewed that as like the biggest weakness to let go of control, Mm. to surrender to a man. I'm sure that triggers the fuck out of a lot of women still of like, you know, this, this feminist attitude that we have of, I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman, but actually I truly believe and have realized through the sacred union that I am most in my power when I surrender and it's not surrender in, I am giving up or relinquishing my power, but I am actually powerful enough to trust and to open and to expand. It's a different form of power. We've been taught power is only like that super forward masculine energy, but there's feminine power as well, which I truly believe is in that heart opening, yoni opening. Oh my gosh, take the lead. I fucking trust you. Let me be led, you know? And so safety is really cultivated in these in these smaller moments and integrity, I really find is such an important, important piece of safety. And then, of course, uh, yeah, you have you have people cheating, you have people messaging women on on social media. I mean, obviously, that's not going to create safety, but it's like if you want to open your heart and you're wondering why you can't like ask if the person that you're with is in that fullest integrity of safety, because that's really where the softening happens. And also something that I wanted to mention was I don't want anybody to listen to this and think that they have to be in their optimal feminine energy in order to attract their king. It's like, yes, do the work to embody your divine feminine energy to the best of your ability, whatever that means. But there was such a deepening that happened once we met where actually It's like I was feminine. I was embracing my feminine in all other areas of my life. And then relationship, I went right back to my patterns of being in my masculine of like, he would ask me how I was feeling. And then I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. It's no, it's no problem. Instead of like opening my heart and being vulnerable and asking for what I needed. And so there's so much healing that can also happen once you meet that person. I feel that we often think like, I have to be perfect. I have to be totally healed. I have to have it all together in order to meet my twin flame, my dream person. But it's like, if you find the right person, that person will actually take you deeper into that embodiment. And I feel like there's been a a quantum leap of, of an embodiment of my feminine energy since meeting Ryan, because it's that contrast. Without him, I didn't actually have the contrast. It's the contrast that allows us both to play in those truths. So yeah, it just felt yeah. 
it's important to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge. And that was my experience. Like I said, I wasn't at all in this work. I had no idea what it meant to be like in my feminine essence or anything like that when I met him. And that is just a testament to like, you can grow together. And I believe that so much of the healing not that maybe not it can only happen, but it's just there's a layer and a depth that can really, I believe, only happen in, in yeah, when you are being witnessed, when you have a mirror, it, like to be able to see yourself deeper and to be held in a way that actually allows you to soften, you know, yes. it's, it's really, really beautiful. And it can, yeah, it can very much happen together or on your own. Like there is just no right or wrong way with any of this. And so it's really beautiful to see the different experiences and hear about them too. It is, it's so powerful. And I really love that you guys share so much about your relationship because I feel like it's, it's so needed in the world right now. Um, Thank you. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And there's something, big, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go I ahead. I just want to say that there is, there's this other part of softening and safety that I want to speak about sexually, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So because I work with the body and everything that I do relates somatically, I've really seen the way that my sex life has changed being with a man who makes me feel so deeply safe and what it actually means in a sexual way to be in my feminine essence, where mm. when I was having sex before, I will just say like, it literally felt like genital friction. It was just like, okay, your your penis is going into my yoni, like, great, <laughs> wonderful. But like, what does it actually mean to receive sexually? Mm. Does it just mean, again, I'm being penetrated? Or is receivership actually something deeper than that? And so this safety that I feel in my heart has translated to my entire body where I will sob when we have sex, because I'm receiving him so deeply, not only into my biology and my physicality, but like into my heart, into my energy body and the way that I've been able to open to receive a sexual exchange has completely, completely changed. And so, yeah, I just wanted to speak into like somatically how that actually shows up where I was armored before I was rigid before. And just because I was having sex doesn't mean I was actually receiving the mm. beauty of what that can really be. And I feel like I've been able to tap into what people speak about with sex being a spiritual experience, an experience where you can reach heightened states of consciousness only when I completely and totally felt safe and was playing fully in that polarity. It's like I feel my body in the soft feminine receptivity and it's completely changed my sex life. Wow. Yeah, I totally understand that and resonate. I mean, the body has to be on board, you know, it's like, you can feel safe on an energetic level, but also like, does your body fully allow for that softening and to fully receive and for you to be in the physical and energetic body during an exchange that is the most vulnerable, the most exposed that you can be as a being, um, that is really, really beautiful. And I think, again, there's so many layers to this that can be accessed in a really sacred, beautiful partnership and union like this. And so hopefully this gives people a taste of what is possible and um, yeah, to really just believe in like what you deserve and what is what you're what you're capable of experiencing. Like it also doesn't have to be so painful. Like that is all that contraction and the, of that armor that is put up that so many of us, especially as women, you know, 
have have been conditioned to believe that that's normal and Mm -hmm. and yet it's like so far from what can be and we're conditioned to also override that it's like how many Mm -hmm. times are our yonis a no or not fully open and we're just you know receiving because we don't know actually what it feels like to be fully open like a flower a fully bloomed flower so that Mm -hmm. you can receive it's like we're just told yeah, we got to override it or we don't even know what that full opening actually feels like because we haven't experienced it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a topic I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to ask this, but I, but it's coming through and it's the topic of intimacy because I feel like I've heard this a lot with the women that I've worked with and just people within um, my circle of wanting more intimacy. And this doesn't just mean with like a a intimate partner, like a sexual partner, but like even just intimacy within relationships. And I really believe that we're so starved from like real human connection and intimacy being such a big part of that, like actual like touch and just like being able to see people beyond their armor. And so I, I feel like you're a great person to to break this down a little bit more and just, yeah, I just would love to hear your thoughts on how to create more intimacy in your life within your, within all of your relationships. Absolutely. So I think that vulnerability and truth are the foundations of intimacy. Often when we think of intimacy, we think of sexual intimacy, which is only one layer of intimacy. And even, yeah, there's so many people who are sexually intimate, but aren't feeling that closeness, that true intimacy with the person. So it's not like sex automatically results in intimacy. It can if we're using that tool in the right way. But for me, intimacy is really about being vulnerable and sharing your truth with another person, whether that's a romantic person or or that's a friendship. So many of us are showing up to any sort of relationship wearing a mask and only allowing certain parts of ourselves to be seen and hiding other parts because we still think that there are parts that are unworthy or unacceptable. But when we can stand in the container of a relationship and be like, here is all of me. Here's the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's what's real and true. And that person can stand there and hold that. The closeness that is cultivated in that is unlike anything other where you know all of me is safe inside of this relationship. And so it's like, yeah, if you want intimacy, like start being more vulnerable, even when it's so hard. And trust me, I know how hard it can be because I've had such difficulty being vulnerable with my upbringing. It was like any time I opened up, I was just completely shut down. So there's so much conditioning that can happen. But yeah, the vulnerability and the truth is is so, so important. I often find like, this is a good example. Do you know when we break up with somebody and we tell them finally everything that we've been feeling and everything that we've been thinking, and then you oddly feel the closest to them that you felt the entire relationship and you're like, wait, should I, are we supposed to be breaking up? Like, why do I feel closer to you than ever? And you feel closer to them than ever because you finally fucking shared your truth. And so imagine mm. if we can do that every single day without conditions of like, here I am today, here's what's real and true. And sharing that like cultivates that closeness because how could you possibly accept your, expect yourself to be close with somebody when there's parts of you that you are withdrawing and hiding away? Mm-hmm. Of course, you're not going to feel close. It comes in fully being brave enough to show who, who and what you are. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And this self-love journey, whatever that looks like for you is such an anchor for you to be able to open up more and share more and be more vulnerable because you have that safety within you of knowing who you are and that you are loved and accepted regardless of how they respond. And I think that, yeah, but it does take risk. It does take putting yourself out there and letting go. And I love that you said that, you know, like how can we expect people to really see us and to feel closeness when we have these like energetic walls up and these, this armor, it doesn't allow for that, you know? So that is really beautiful. Cause like I said, I think there's so many people seeking that closeness and seeking those deep, deep connections and, yeah, it's like you you can take the first few steps and actually doing this work on yourself is also taking steps towards that. Absolutely. And I love I love the word that you just used like the risk in being mm-hmm. vulnerable because you're putting yourself out there to be fully seen, fully witnessed, and one of two things are going to happen. Either the other person is going to be like, "And I love you even here," or they're going to be like, "Actually, I don't accept that." And so there is a risk of like, oh my God, am I going to receive love or am I going to get it taken away? But all that that's ever showing us is who is actually worthy of being in our space and who's actually worthy of being intimate with us. doesn't mean like, oh, this person doesn't accept me. That means I, I have to continue to close myself off. But there will be people who fully accept the spectrum of you. And that's what I'm experiencing in my relationship. But there's not mm-hmm. a single thing that I've brought to him. And there's so many things I'm like, he's definitely going to run away after this one. And he's like, no, I love you even here. And the softening, the opening, the intimacy that can happen through that. It's like, I'm safe here. Yeah. Yeah, it is so healing on so many layers. And it's all just information guiding you towards your people, your path, you know, your authenticity and so much. Like if we can just use it as information and keep doing what feels best for you, you know. So, oh my gosh, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I wonder if there's anything that I haven't asked you yet that you would like to touch on before we move to the rapid fire questions. Mm, I don't think so. I just feel like okay. we, we could have gone into every every topic. Like it could have been its own podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm like, this is a taste of all of this. Um, yes. Schmor- I, love it. I, think, <laughs> yeah, I loved your questions. Your questions are epic. So thank you for them. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're just a, such a fun person to interview and to ask questions to because I feel like you really like there's so much passion there and it's it's just it's felt and it's felt on social media and it's felt here. And so, um, I really, really just appreciate you going there, going to all the places and just being so willing to share from your heart. Mm -hmm. So before we get into how people can work with you and what you have going on, I have a couple really fun rapid fire questions that I ask everyone at the end of my podcast. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. So the first one is what is one of the most important lessons you've learned along the way? that I am inherently worthy, that I've never had to do anything to achieve that or accomplish that. I am born worthy. Hmm. Three health slash wellness practices, and this can be mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health, whatever comes to mind that you, that you do pretty regularly. Number one, check in with your body every single day. Feel hmm. what, Feel what it needs. Let yourself follow that. Number two, a morning practice of, mm. of anything, right? Like we think we have to have a two to three hour morning practice, but just taking 15, 30 minutes to yourself to just drop in, journal, dance, 
meditate, whatever feels good for you, whatever tools you need at this point in your journey on your path. It's so different when I show up in a morning practice versus when I just wake up and go about my day. It's like one of the most pivotal tools for me. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the third one is definitely follow your cycle. (laughs) Like Mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it will absolutely change your fucking life on every level. Do you have a resource? This is not a rapid fire question, but do you have a resource for women who want to go deeper into their cycles and understanding that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, something that we didn't talk about, which I'd be open to doing another podcast on, is my cancer journey. Like that has been a whole whole thing in and of itself. Um, I don't don't talk about it a lot actually on my Instagram, but I am in the process of uh, coming out with my podcast to give a whole series about what I went through. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? I just lost it. Uh, Oh, a resource resource for, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So from my cancer experience, my passion for following my cycle was deepened and amplified times a hundred because they wanted me to shut off my cycle and they wanted to put me in menopause at only 26 years old. And I knew that, I didn't just go through four years of deep womb awakening to give up my hormonal rhythm because it felt like I was being asked to give up everything that made me powerful. And so in that, I kept thinking to myself, like how many women would give this away because they didn't know how much they were losing or how much they were giving up. And so in that, my signature cycle course, I Am Woman, was birthed. And I already held, I think, four, yeah, four rounds. Super, super, super powerful. It is an eight-week journey. And the next round is actually going to be open for enrollment in March, but we're going to start in April. So it's eight weeks Perfect. of literally like learning, not only learning, but feeling and embodying your cyclical essence and, and how to tap into that on every level. It's actually one of my favorite things to teach and yeah, super, super transformative. Oh my God. Well, that's perfect. What what a beautiful uh, timing of, of things here. So if women are interested in going deeper into that and working with you, I feel like that's such a beautiful place to start. And sure. we we might need to do another another episode because yeah, I didn't yeah, I would love to go into that and hear more about your story. I'm like, that is, it's insane. It's crazy how like you have stayed, I mean, obviously like social media is only a tiny fraction of your life, but like from what I've seen, you've stayed so grounded in your power and on your path and in your light through such a crazy, I can imagine, and like just really scary journey. And so um, I just admire you for that. And I would love to hear more about that someday. So yeah, so. maybe you can save that. There's just so many things to go into. Yes. Wow. yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So we'll, we'll link your course below so people can find that quick, but two yep. more questions. One is, is there a book or a podcast that you recommend on this whole conversation or topic that people could start with? Mm. Oh, Wow, so many. <laughs> I'll give like three because they're about sure. different things. So number one, return to love. If you are interested mm-hmm. in like the self-love journey, understanding the the crystalline blueprint of love, of what that really means, this book has absolutely transformed my life. So Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. 
Wild Power. I don't know who wrote it. I completely forgot, but it's about mm. the spiritual and energetic power of tapping into your menstrual cycle. It's one of my favorite books. Wow. And what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Yoni and it's by Woman of the Womb. And it is absolutely incredible just talking about the power of the yoni, not only physically, but spiritually and, and what what the essence of the feminine really means. It's it's wonderful. So yeah, those Amazing. three books. I'm excited to dive into this, the other two that you mentioned. I've read Return to Love. It's so good. Back mm-hmm. that up for sure. Last question. So this podcast is called Home to Self, and that means so many things for so many people. I loved at the beginning how one of the first things you said was coming home to your body because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a huge branch of this and so, so powerful. But if I were to ask you what coming home to yourself means to you, what comes up for you? Mm. It means coming home to the truth of who I am which means fully recognizing my body, myself as a body, as a mind, and as a spirit. Because I feel like if we were to just only focus on one of those paths, then we're not actually coming home to the full self. This holistic approach, seeing that we are a multidimensional being and allowing ourselves to tap into all of that, like really feels like the coming home, the full coming home to all that we are. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, you're accepting all of it really embracing all of it, which helps you navigate this human experience as a soul and as a body, all of it. Oh, I love this so much. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing all of your wisdom and your light and your love. It is so felt and so perceived. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so, so thankful and please share with people how else they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So my main platform is Instagram, love Instagram, but I'm actually so excited because I'm launching my first ever membership. It is called Initiated and it is a year long journey of coming home to your feminine. It's basically a feminine mystery school of like sex and intuition and seduction and all of the things that we spoke about into an actual journey alongside of other women. Because yeah, we try to do it alone. It's not First of all, it's not as fun, but also there's such an amplification of healing and awakening that happens, like we said, with partnership of just seeing other sisters, having them reflect to you all of these truths. And so, uh, yeah, initiated is like my main offering right now. And we begin in March and I am so unbelievably excited for it because it's truly a culmination of the last five years of my feminine awakening put into an experience for women to have everything that they need to come home to their feminine on every level. So we're celebrating the wheel of the year. We're going deep into astrology. Every single month, there's going to be an embodiment ceremony. So it's truly all of those cycles that we spoke about, like put into one offering. Amazing. And what does that look like in terms of like the structure of it? You, You said it's a membership site, but is it like a group program in the sense that you meet every so often or because I'd love to hear more about it. There will be two to three gatherings each month. So the way that that's going to look is there's either going to be a wheel of the year ceremony. There's eight turning of the wheel of the year. So it's not going to be every month. It'll be eight total. 
But let's say one month has, you know, the spring equinox is a turning of the wheel of the year. So we have a beautiful ceremony for that. Actually, my good friend Dan is coming in. She's worked so closely with the seasons of Mother Earth and the wheel of the year since she's like 15 years old. She's very aware of like the mythology around uh, around that. So we'll be celebrating that together in real time. And there's going to be an initiation and a sacred sister circle every month. So the initiation Mm -hmm. is diving into another aspect of the feminine, whatever that is. And I would love for it to be in alignment with uh, the seasons as well of like what's real and true for everybody, what's going on in the collective. But in March, we have a spring cleaning womb cleansing ceremony, which is going to be a mix of breath work and partner work with the other sisters inside. And then the sister circle is for us to literally show up vulnerably as we are, share what's on our hearts and heal the sister wound. There's so Mm -hmm. many of us who feel separate from women who are still competing with women. So it's an opportunity to come home to what a gift it is to connect with women in real time. And then this is all leading up to an international women's retreat later on this year where we will get to actually meet up in person as well. And I just think that that's so special. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. It really feels like there is so much there's such a call right now and so many women that I'm speaking to to bring women together to gather as women um, as sisters and to heal those yeah those really deep sisterhood wounds that we've had for a long time and the magic that can come from those spaces is absolutely incredible I've witnessed it for myself um, and I yeah I'm so excited for this I think it's gonna be really really beautiful so, so I'll include everything below And I think that is it. This conversation has been so juicy, so good. And I'm so excited to share it with everyone. So thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and we will catch you later. Bye.